In Jesus' name, dear fellow students of our Lord Jesus, are you happy with your body? Even though the psalmist praises God and says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, still if you listen to the buzz, it seems like most people are not pleased with the bodies that they have. And so we head for the weight room or we do the jogging or we start the diet. And there's nothing wrong with staying fit and healthy, but when we read in Business Insider, for example, that the uh, fitness industry is worth $94 billion a year and the diet industry $100 billion a year and the skin care industry by itself is expected to make $150 billion this year, it starts to suggest that most people are not happy with their bodies. Add to our dissatisfaction our fears. Lurking in the back of most everyone's mind is the awareness that just one bad doctor's visit or one unexplained lump or a sudden pain or one sneaky rogue virus that finds its way around all our precautions or indeed even just a sudden squeal of some tires, any of these or a thousand other things can send us into some life-changing body problems. Then when you get up into your 40s like me, didn't buy that, right? Okay. Okay, double it, and when you get up like me, then you start to learn that you're having trouble with body parts you never realized you had. Doctor, do I have one of those? Yep, and it'll have to come out. Well, we're grateful for God's wonderful gift of good medical care, especially as the years grow up, right, faculty? Jesus' disciples had major body problems too. Not with their own this time, but with the body of their good friend and teacher, Jesus. It was dead. But in our reading this morning, we find that Jesus had a wonderful answer to all of these things. I read from Luke chapter 24, and I'll read in the NIV version. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. 
A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Here was Jesus taking care to demonstrate with his own body that he was alive. He was displaying his body as evidence and proof. A real body, real solid flesh and blood body. Not a ghost, not just a spirit, not even just a immortal soul, but a real live human body. The disciples are described here as in turmoil, startled, frightened, disbelieving, joyous, amazed. How can we imagine the thoughts and emotions that were running through them at that time? But we've had more time to process what it meant that Jesus was standing in front of them with a live human body. There's no question Jesus had a fully human body like ours. He was born of his mother Mary. He grew up. There's no reason to believe he didn't fall down and skin his knee when he was a kid, probably caught cold, maybe got the flu, got a virus. Though he was God, he had become fully human and entered this sin-ridden, fallen world and subjected himself to it. All of the ailments our bodies suffer are a result of sin. Some of them are a direct result of sins that we commit. But many others uh, afflict us because the world is sin-filled and our own sin contributes to that. All those things for which we deserve God's punishment have contributed to the sinful filth that fills this world, that contributed to this world of sin that afflicts us and that Jesus endured. We're used to talking about how Jesus suffered for our sins on the cross. But in fact, Jesus suffered for our sins his whole life long. And certainly, that suffering culminated in Gethsemane Park and in his trial and there on the cross where he endured and suffered the ultimate wages of sin, he died. But now in this reading, he appears again to his followers to demonstrate with his human body that he is once more alive. What does that mean? That means what he said in his greeting, peace be with you, peace be with you. This living human body of Jesus means that your sins are forgiven, that God has accepted his payment on our behalf for all of our sins and the sins of the whole world. Peace be with you. It means that Jesus keeps his promises, all of them, including the one where he said that he would be with us to the end of the world, helping us, uh, 
guarding us and protecting us from afflictions and helping us endure them when they come to us because of this sinful world, peace be with you. It means this living body of Jesus means that he has gone through the grave ahead of us and has come out on the other side alive. And since we're bound to him in our baptism, he's taken us through our grave and will bring us out again alive on the other side with glorified bodies as we read the promise in Philippians 3, by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself, he will transform our lowly and humble bodies to be like his glorious body. Jesus had a human body like ours so that we will have a human body like his. Will you be happy with your body then? I'm looking forward to it. It's in those last words of the creed that we so often confess. I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Please rise for prayer. Let's pray with the hymn writer. Lord Jesus, thou hast died for my transgression. All my sins on thee were laid. Thou hast won for me salvation. On the cross, my debt was paid. From the grave I shall arise and shall meet thee in the skies. Death itself is transitory. I shall lift my head in glory. Amen.